Welcome to Bangalore Revival Center. Here we dream revival and serve people with love. In today's teaching from the Gospel according to Paul series, Pastor Priji teaches from Romans 11 as to how we Gentiles have been grafted into the original olive tree which is Israel and share the nourishing from the same roots. Listen to know how we became the receiver of this mercy. Are you ready to go into God's word today? Romans chapter 11 and verse 1 onwards. Are you ready? Let's read. I ask then, has God rejected his own people, the nation of Israel? Of course not. I myself I'm an Israelite and a descendant of Abraham and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. This is Apostle Paul's confession. He's saying, this is who I am. I am an Israelite. I am of the tribe of Benjamin. So the fact that I am saved and the fact that I serve this Jesus is also testimony, is also testifying to the fact that, that God has not given up on Israel. That God has not stopped serving the nation of Israel. That God has not rejected the nation of Israel. But if you read the previous few chapters you will see all the reasons why God cannot work with Israel you know because they are trying to work in the flesh they are trying to attain this righteousness by uh, you know keeping the law they are trying to prove their love for God and they are trying to please God by things on the outside and Paul is saying all of you guys are disqualified because of all these things that you're doing and then comes to say wait a minute that doesn't mean that god has rejected the nation there is still hope for this nation there is still a place there is still a chance for this nation to experience the grace of god to experience salvation verse 2 no god has not rejected his own people because this is the people that he chose from the very the other translation would say these are the people that he foreknew which is to mean that even before they were born even before they became a community even before they got their own place called Israel even before they had a family line a, you know a whole uh, you know their genealogy in place god foreknew each and every one of them and god chose them in advance This is the God we are talking about. Because God chose them in advance, it's not possible that God can now reject them because of the failures that they have gone through. You understand what I'm saying? See, we are all going to go through ups and downs in our life. We are going to fail at certain places to do what God wants us to do. But that doesn't mean that God has rejected us. You and I we are people that God has, you know, kept his eyes on us even before we existed even before we were conceived in our mother's womb god planned us god planned our deliverance our salvation our uh, anointing our a breakthrough our victory all through our life god planned it all because of which he will not reject in the same way that he does not reject his own people israel he says this is the group that god chose from the beginning from the very beginning 
he goes on to say do you realize what the scriptures say about this is elijah the prophet who complained to god you know the story right this is uh, after the fire came down he is going to uh, the to mount sinai and he's complaining to god about the people of israel and saying lord these guys they have killed all your prophets and they have torn down your altars i am the only one that is left and now they are trying to kill me too now these guys these israelites they are, they are trying to kill me too and this is god's reply to him god is not saying oh wait uh, such a sad thing that all these prophets are d- dead you know such a sad thing that you're the only one god says hey don't worry about the ones that have gone don't worry about the ones that have uh, turned against you because there are still 7000 others who have never bowed down to Baal. this is god's reply to elijah when elijah is looking at an entire nation of people that are against god that are rebelling against god that are killing prophets that are hurting the move of god there are standing in the way of the move of god god's eyes are fixed on the remnant of 7000 on the other hand there are millions of people that are against god but god's looking at elijah and saying no you're not the only one i have preserved people like you they have also not bowed their knee to baal there are 7000 people in the entire nation of israel how many were left 7000 i'm sure the population of israel was massive compared to the 7000 that was left but god knew how to preserve his remnant in his grace in his mercy god knew how to preserve them and sometimes when we serve god when we walk with god we have this elijah mentality thinking that oh i am the only one i am the only one who prays well you know nobody knows how to pray nobody knows how what you don't know is that the the reason you are praying is because of the grace of god the reason you have access into god's presence is because he has been showing mercy to you again and again and again and the same mercy has been sustaining others in in places that you don't know about in see i know elijah you are a prophet i know that you understand things in the spirit realm but you don't know what god knows there are places there are people that he has preserved for his own name for his own glory and apostle paul says in verse 5 it is the same today for a few of the people of israel have remained faithful why why because because they worked hard for it i know because they they like man we will have to fast and pray we have to become like these christians no because of god's grace his undeserved kindness in choosing them see there's one thing that apostle paul is driving across in this last few chapters and it is the fact that as much as it is true that you know you have to align your life live in a certain way change your thoughts change your perspectives you didn't start this god started this it was not your idea to serve him it was his idea to choose you and he says it is the same today just like god preserved 7000 in the days of elijah the bible says that god has preserved a remnant in israel even today a group of people that love him because of his undeserved grace in choosing them 
his undeserved kindness in picking them out one by one by one. You know, some of you may come from homes and families where nobody understands the fullness of gospel. Or some of you may be coming from places where they don't believe in the God that you believe in. But I have to tell you, it is the, it is the grace and the mercy of God that has selected you, that has picked you up and has said, hey, you are going to be part of that 7,000. You are going to be in the remnant. You are special to me. And it says, and since it is through God's kindness, then it is not by their good works. For in that case, then grace wouldn't be what it is supposed to be. You know, grace is supposed to be free and it is supposed to be undeserved. We cannot say that I am here because of what my you know, ancestors have done. Can you reap the blessing of what your ancestors have done? Yes. But your relationship with God is a result of God's grace. Your relationship with God is a result of His eyes being set on you. And He's saying, this is what grace really is. Grace is free and grace is undeserved. All of us love free stuff, yeah? And all of us have done things that we can, you know, come into a place where we don't deserve God's grace. But that's where God's grace comes. It says that this grace, this kindness, it was not shown to them by good works. Because of their good works, it was because of God's grace. Verse 7. So this is the situation. Most of the people of Israel have not found the favor of God that they are looking for so earnestly. So a few have been chosen, have been preserved, have been, you know, uh, set aside, set apart. But most of them, the majority of them, they did not find favor. Is that what it says in your Bible? Come on. What does it say? A majority of them, they did not find favor. What is a, what is a sign that he, they didn't find favor? That they didn't have enough money? That they didn't have good vehicles to drive? That they lived in poor homes? Come on. I mean, when, when do we say we have favor? Oh, when I went, you know, that person just opened their gate for me. You know, they, they, they just did so and so for me. They did, and I, I, I'm not saying that that's not favor. But the ultimate sign of God's favor. Let's read this. It says, see, this, this is how you know these guys didn't have favor with God. It says, a few have the, are the ones that, that God has chosen, but the hearts of the rest were hardened. Do you know how you know that you have God's favor? That your heart is not hardened. That you're still able to worship God. Oh, that you and I, we are able to cry when we come into the presence of God. You have favor. Oh, when you pray, when you lift your hands, you feel the presence of God. You have favor. Come on, we have to, we have to upgrade the definition of favor. I'm not saying that, you know, the, the material things that we get and the influences that we get, that is not a result of favor. That is, that is way out there you know if you if you uh, if you mark priorities it's it's way down the list the primary the 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 most easy way to identify a man or a woman who has favor upon his life is to find the state of his heart 
if you and i if, if the state of our heart is moldable if our hearts are not hardened if our hearts are receptive to god if we if if we feel that tug on our heart every morning when we wake up saying pick up your bible it's a good thing you don't have to you don't have to feel guilty and feel bad about yourself that's a good thing that's a sign that you have favor with god there are so many people christians who don't get that voice there are so many people who feel that everything is going well with them that god is blessing them you know they're going from glory to glory to glory who don't have that conviction in their hearts you and i the fact that there is a conviction in our hearts is a sign that there is favor the rest whose hearts have been hardened the bible says they did not find favor with god your regenerate heart is a proof of god's favor over your life your your moldable heart is a sign of god's favor of your over your over your life let's read the next verse as the scriptures say i'm talking about the rest now god has put them into a deep sleep and to this day he has shut their eyes so they do not see and closed their ears so they do not hear and he goes on to say that hey this is what god did for the rest of them the you know he he's beginning by explaining how in the days of elijah there was 7000 and he says even today there is a remnant that god has placed and he is their hearts are not hardened but the rest of them what god has done is they have shut their eyes god has shut their eyes and god has closed their ears if you want your hearts to be not hardened then you need to have eyes and ears that are functioning because what you see what you hear is what affects your heart if you're going to be constantly sitting in front of television that is going to influence you if you're going to be constantly listening to music that are anti the principles and the values of god that is going to affect your heart whatever you listen to whatever you listen to and whatever you watch it it is affecting your heart so when god wanted to harden some hearts what did god do god closed their eyes and shut their ears some some of us we we are hardening our own hearts by closing our eyes and shutting our ears by not giving attention to the right things and not being gazing at the right thing that has the capacity to harden our heart now see you may wonder why would god do something like this there is a purpose behind it you know we will see it in, in the next verses in chapter 9 you remember the bible says how god hardened the heart of pharaoh paul explained it by saying god hardened his heart for his own glory for his for the display of his greatness now we let understand in the later verses why did god harden the hearts of the israelites we'll see that okay it, but you know even more dangerous is to note how did they get their hearts hardened you know what what did what happened in their life to make their hearts hard was it suffering was it pain was it struggle how how do you think god would punish somebody that god would put them through so much suffering that they, their hearts will become hard yeah let's read let's read let's read the next verse let's see what the bible says okay it says likewise david said 
let their bountiful table become a snare the other other translation says let their abundance become a snare and what what will they say a trap that will make them think that all is well now you and i we 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 thinking why is everything going crazy in my life why do i not have answers and solutions to these things do you know on the other side if you're in a place where everything is well that is when you have to be on more guard saying okay is is my heart hardened is my am i still able to worship like before am i depending too much on my money am i depending too much on my friends am i depending too much on my resources am i still able to go to god you know the nation of israel sinned more when they had prosperity not in the times of their struggle not in the times of their pain in the times of pain it is easy to run to god but when god wanted to harden their hearts god gave them blessings god gave them abundance and that abundance became a trap for them that abundance became a snare for them now that abundance now their eyes are fixed on this abundance now their ears are fixed now this abundance is keeping them busy now they have to work on sundays you know man six days i make so much money how much money can i make if i work one more day how much money can i make if i just you know skip my tithing now this abundance is 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 driving their decisions now this abundance you know i want you to read the next line okay it says let their blessings do what cause them to stumble and let them get what they deserve let their eyes go blind so that they cannot see and let their backs be bent forever with what because they're carrying their abundance now they have to carry the weight of their abundance now they have to carry the weight of the blessings that god has given them do you know that a blessing that comes from god will carry no sorrow with it a blessing that comes from god it'll be easy for you to carry it a blessing that comes from god you wouldn't have to want to you know just struggle all through the way to carry it no i'm not saying that you should not fight uh, for the things that god has given you but i'm saying that you it, you cannot allow those things to take you away from devotion to god if you allow your blessings god would constantly warn the nation of israel saying remember in the land that i'm taking you i'm going to bless you i'm going to make you the head and not the tail i'm going to make sure that nations they borrow from you and and you will lend to many nations that you will not be the one to borrow from them you will not be at their mercy they will be at your mercy but then god gave them a warning but in your plenty make sure that you do not forget your love for god and here it says this is how god hardened their hearts not with poverty not with you know all the things that we think this is how god was going to punish somebody you know this is god's way of punishing somebody just make them think everything is okay in their life so if you have problems in your life don't worry praise god for that i'm not saying that problems is good i'm just saying praise god that you know you you are still able to depend on god rely on god continue to go to god 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 is giving you opportunities to pray opportunities for you to be uh, you, you know dependent on him that your heart is not so hard that you're saying oh, i can do this without god i don't need god you know i 
I can, I can reach, you know, heaven. And I, I know, my, I've got my life figured out. Praise God if you're not in that place. Praise God if our hearts are not hardened. Because if our hearts are not hardened, we have favor. Am I redefining something for you? Your blessings is not the sign of God's favor over your life. Your hearts that are not hardened is a sign of God's favor over your life. Blessings has to follow. Your provisions has to follow. Your abundance, it has to come to you. But the day that your abundance becomes your idol, the day that your blessings, your spouse, your children, you know, the Bible talks about this. When the Israelites, when they were returning from Egypt, at one point, uh, God had told them, you're going to cross over into Canaan. You remember that? You're going to cross this river, go into Canaan. But what happened is, on the way to Canaan, before they crossed the river Jordan, they captured a couple of nations that was not originally part of the plan. The original plan was they just pass by through these nations and they go to the land that God has promised them. So what happened is, when they reached, when they reached these nations, these nations said, no, 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 you cannot pass through us. So Moses said, okay, fine. Then we'll show you who we are. And these guys were not trained in war, but they took down all these nations. You know, when Moses would keep his hands up in the air and, and Joshua and the others, they would go and fight these battles and, and, and they, they won the battles and they, they got these nations. They have property on this side of Canaan Ashwell. But that was not God's plan for them. What was God's plan? That they would cross over to the other side. Now, this guy, he, he says, uh, you know, when, when the nation was crossing over to the other side, two and a half tribes of Israel, they came, came to Moses and said, Moses, I think it was to Joshua. I don't think it was Moses. They came to Joshua, or was it to Moses? I'm not sure. They came and said, is it okay if we don't go to Canaan? And they said, why? He said, because in this place, there is plenty of fodder for our cattle. There is place for our children to dwell. You know, there, are, there is amazing, this looks beautiful, this is gorgeous. This is a place where our children can live and, and there is so much of fodder for our cattle. Is it okay if we stay on this side? And we will come help fight for you guys, fight with you guys, but is it okay if we stay here? So they said, okay, as long as you fight for us, it's okay if you stay there, it's okay if you settle. But guess what? They settled in a place that God had not allotted them. On the outside, it did look like they are blessed. On the outside, it looked like there is better fodder and better place. The, the exact term they used is, we will build cities for our children to live in. And we have so much of fodder for our cattle. And this was their reason for settling on this side. Generations later, Jesus crosses the sea and goes to the other side. And he finds a man there. You know where is he living in? Not in a city, but he's living in a tomb. And guess what they are raising there? Not cattle that they are going to give for sacrifices to God, but pigs. You know, Israelites, they were not allowed to raise pigs. 
they were not loved they it, it was not supposed to be in their business the primary reason that they would raise cattle was to bring offerings and sacrifices to god but pigs you can't bring offerings and sacrifices to god out of pigs and generations later the parents they made a compromise thinking this will be good for our children the parents made a compromise saying this will be good for our business but generations later what is happening to their children possessed by thousands of demons and where are they living not in cities am i talking to anybody this morning do not worship your wealth do not worship your money money has to serve you you cannot serve the money when you live like the boss when you live like you own you know when you refuse to be threatened when you don't have enough money when you refuse to worry when you don't have you you should worry the day that you are not able to cry in prayer i am telling you you have to take an off that day sit at home just you know disconnect from throw your phone away do whatever it takes because that's a sign of your heart being hardened it's okay to go crazy when you don't have tears in your eyes but it's not okay for you to cry when you don't have money no child of god no you don't serve money money serves you 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 cannot live like you're dependent on money because you're a child of god everything that is necessary for you to sustain to survive on the earth it will come to you you don't have to build cities for your children in a place that god has not assigned you you don't have to go to moab to make sure your children are alive you can stay in bethlehem bethlehem there is a famine in bethlehem but stay in bethlehem i don't get food to eat but stay in bethlehem i don't have friends here but stay in bethlehem because it is in bethlehem that you will stay alive if you compromise and go to the land of moab where there is plenty where there looks like you know this is going to be good for my marriage this is going to be good for my family i'm telling you i know that many of you you're praying about moving abroad and i i would stand with you pray with you and and help you do all of that but you have to seek god's will about it you know it was god's plan for them to settle in canaan not another place although if you compare canaan and the other place you know the other place looked better to these guys that's why they said is it is it okay if we stay back here because this place looks more friendly more welcoming Canaan it's a it's a land of hills and valleys it's you know you know that that's 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 something that they said this is a nation of hills and valleys but here is a nice plain land where there is it's fertile there's so much fodder there there's so much of goodness is it okay if we settle here don't make your choices based on where you will get more money no you base your choices based on where god is sending you and when god is sending you if god is sending you to a rich place go in the faith that god is sending you if god is sending you to to a place that doesn't look that great go in the faith that god is sending you because the god who sustained moses in the palace was also able to sustain him in the wilderness he was also able to sustain him in the in the river when his parents pushed him off into the river god was able to sustain him there when when he had nobody nothing god was able to sustain him so you and i we serve the same god we don't go based on where we get provision we go based on where god sends us 
And where God sends us, we, the provision will come looking for us. Amen? Okay, I, I, I had a, you know, I went off the topic for a few minutes because I just felt that it was very necessary for us to understand this. Do not allow the enemy to burden you with blessings. Verse 11. But did God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? Saying, of course not. They were disobedient. So God made salvation available to the Gentiles. Now let me ask you this. Why did God harden their hearts? To make salvation available for the poor you and me. We were outside the covenant. We were not part of God's original plan. Why did God harden their hearts? So that the nations of the earth will experience the grace and the glory of God. When, when we look at this situation, we may look at it and say, wait a minute, why, why would God do something like this? It is because God wanted to show His mercy to you and to me. Because God had set His eyes on us. And God was saying, if, if only, if only these guys will reject, then I can now open the door for others. Jesus mentioned this beautiful parable of a king uh, throwing a banquet open. And when the banquet time was up, he invited all the guests, all the nobles of the nation, and all the ones that are, the ones that are fit to come into the king's court. You know that not anybody can walk into a king's court. So only the nobles and the high officials of the kingdom were invited to the wedding feast. But all of them, they gave excuses. All of them said, wait a minute, no, my, my, my children, they have their board exams now, you know, like, I just got married. I have to go on my honeymoon. How can I, you know, skip my honeymoon? Honeymoon happens once in a lifetime, Pastor. <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't skip. Everybody, you know, this is true. By the way, you can actually check this out, okay? He says, I just got married. I have to attend to my wife, so I can't come. These are, these are the reasons that they gave. And then the king, what he did is he invited the, the poor, the crippled, the lame, the, the nobodies of the kingdom who wouldn't normally have access into the king's palace. Ordinary people got invited in. Guess what? That's you and I. Because somebody's hearts were hardened because somebody rejected because somebody said no to this the door was opened for the nations to enter into the courtroom of God the door was opened for you and I he said hey they were disobedient so God made salvation available to the Gentiles but he wanted his own people to become jealous and now begin to claim it for themselves. God was hoping that when I show my mercy on the Gentiles, when I show my grace upon these nations, that my people, Israel, they will see it and they will become jealous and they will want to claim this gospel, this mercy, this favor, this blessing for themselves. They will want to claim it as well. Now, Verse 12, now if the Gentiles were enriched because the people of Israel turned down God's offer of salvation, think how much greater a blessing the world will share when they finally accept it. Paul is saying, if the, if the, if the door was open for, for the nations to come, 
because the nation of Israel rejected it. Can you imagine what will happen when they finally accept it? Can you imagine what will happen when they finally experience a revival and the whole nation of Israel gets saved? It explains what will happen. I'm especially saying all this to you Gentiles because God has appointed me as the apostle to the Gentiles. So I stress this, for I want somehow to make the people of Israel jealous of what you Gentiles have so that I might save some of them. Paul is, Paul is trying to do extra ministry for the Gentiles and extra, extra time he's spending with these Gentiles so, so that some of his family members, some of his uh, you know, neighbors, some people that see his posts on Facebook, they will become jealous and they will begin to call on the name of the Lord like these Gentiles are calling on. That's what Paul is trying to do. He says, for since their rejection, verse 15, meant that God offered salvation to the rest of the world, their acceptance will be even more wonderful. It will be life for those who were dead. The other translation says, it will mean resurrection from the dead. And if you study biblical prophecy, Jesus will return. The resurrection will happen. The final trumpet call will happen the day that the nation of Israel will repent. Yeah, that's when it will happen. The Bible says they will look to the one that they pierced. They will look to the one that they hurt. They will look on the one that they rejected. And that is the time when Jesus will come down from heaven with a loud trumpet blast. And the Bible says, and the dead in Christ will rise first and then we who are alive we will be caught up in the air with him and our bodies our mortal bodies will put on the immortal body and we will meet the lord in the air and we will usher him onto the earth to reign and rule for a thousand years what will trigger this event it's the revival of the nation of israel and he says when they rejected this gospel it meant that now the door was open for Gentiles to come in. But now they are going to come to a point where they are going to receive this gospel. The reason they rejected it is because God hardened their hearts. The reason God hardened their heart is because God wanted to open the door for you and me. But there is going to come a day. Paul is saying, don't, don't mark this nation out because that's where our roots are. That's where... Revival began. Jesus himself was born of the family of Israel. That's where our foundation is. Because of their rejection is why you and I, we are in. But there is going to come a day when they are going to accept Jesus. They are going to, their eyes are going to be opened. Their ears will be opened. They will, they will hear and they will understand. They will see and they will be able to perceive what they are seeing. And that day, they will weep. The Bible says they will weep like their only son. They, they will look at Jesus and they will weep like their, like their only son has died. There will be a, 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 a weeping and a mourning that is filled with a lot of repentance and they will turn back to Jesus. And the Bible says that will mean resurrection from the dead because that is the day when Christ is coming back. This is the first resurrection. 
you would find two resurrections in scripture. The first resurrection when Jesus returns. That is a resurrection meant only for the children of God. For those who died in Christ Jesus. For those who put their faith in Jesus. Everybody will not be resurrected in the first resurrection. The second resurrection will happen right before the great judgment throne. The white judgment throne. And that resurrection, everybody is going to be resurrected. All the way from Cain. If Adam and Eve did not trust in Jesus, then Adam and Eve will also be there. Everybody will be resurrected in that resurrection. Every single one of them. And they will all stand before God. But that is not the resurrection we are hearing about here. This is the first resurrection we are talking about. When they, when they accept this gospel, when they turn back to Jesus, it says that the entire world, where there will be resurrection from the dead. Verse 16. Are you ready for this? And since Abraham and the other patriarchs, they were holy, their descendants will also be holy. Paul's argument is this. The, the nation of Israel, it began with Abraham and the patriarchs. How did they get saved? How did they get justified? We read about this earlier. Abraham was justified not by works, but because he had faith. He believed. Even when he didn't have any answers, even when he didn't see solutions, he believed. And Abraham was justified because of his faith. And he says, because Abraham was justified and because the patriarchs were holy, the whole nation of Israel will be holy. It is just a matter of time. The entire nation will turn back to Jesus. Paul is saying, there's no doubt about it. It's just a matter of time. But then he explains a principle here. He says, just as the entire batch of dough is holy because the portion given as an offering is holy. I'll explain this to you. In the Old Testament, they had the uh, principle of offerings, right? So what they would do is, they would bring a portion of the dough and they will, they will not, like, whatever is brought to the temple, they will not burn everything. They will take a portion of it and they will put it on the altar and then they will burn it. And then, the remaining that is there, the remaining dough, the remaining batch of dough that is there, ordinary people cannot eat it because now the entire batch of dough is made holy. Because a tiny portion of it has been, has made contact with the altar, now the entire thing is made holy. You understand what I'm saying? Paul is explaining and he's saying, hey, just like the entire batch of dough is now set apart, it, it is not ordinary anymore. Why? The entire batch did not touch the altar. Only a, a tiny portion touched the altar. You know, when you bring your tithes to church, it's a tiny portion that touches the altar. It's not your whole salary that gets transferred to church. But a, you take a tiny portion and you touch it with the altar. You, you make contact with a place where you are connected, where you are serving. And you're saying, this is from this offering. This is from this salary. This is from this business. So it's, so it's a good practice that every income that comes into your house, whether it be gifts, whether it even be inheritance, that you take a portion of it. Let God show you what is the portion. It doesn't matter. The portion that doesn't matter. The size of the portion doesn't matter. But you take a portion of it and you make it 
contact, make it connect with a place that you believe there is going to come an anointing upon that one rupee that you're putting. What will happen is that there is a, it's this one rupee is connected to the remaining nine rupees somewhere else. The same anointing that falls on this one rupee will now manifest in the remaining nine. Now when you go and use this nine rupees, there, are, there is going to be expansion. There is going to be a blessing. There is going to be an ease. There is going to be a favor. There is going to be a grace that you will experience over this remaining nine rupees. Why? Because one portion was taken aside and kept it as holy. One tiny portion. And Paul explains further and he says, in the same way, if the roots of the tree are holy, then the branches will be too. If the roots are correct, are holy. If, you know, you explain the, you, you understand what Paul is explaining, right? He's saying the entire nation of Israel will be, it's like the remaining batch of dough. God has chosen the Abraham and the patriarchs. They were made holy because of their faith, because of their trust. They were made holy because of which the entire nation of Israel have to be also set apart. And when they do get set apart, it will mean resurrection from the dead. And that will mean the second coming of Jesus. That will happen. And he's explaining it from the context of Old Testament sacrifice, how the entire batch of dough is holy. And then he says, hey, if the root is holy, then the branches will be too. You know what we focus on? In making sure the branches is, in, is holy. Rather than being connected to the right root. Paul will explain in the later verses saying, you are not the root. You and I, we don't have the capacity to be the root. We have a different root. Jesus said it in John chapter 15. If you don't know it yet, uh, I'm very sorry for you because this is a benediction every Sunday. We are declaring this. I'll be rooted in Christ. He's the vine and I am the branches and the Father God is the gardener and the Holy Spirit who nourishes me with inner strength because of which my roots will grow down into God's love and it'll keep me strong. It'll nourish me. We've been declaring this week after week after week. Here we are. The Lord is telling us, hey, guess what? Because the roots are holy, the branches will be too. Now, now, you may look at the nation of Israel today and say, man, no hope. These guys, man, there's no way the entire nation is going to repent. Who are you kidding, pastor? Do you know, do you know that one of the most sinful nations, one of the most sinful cities in the whole world is, is not found in the United States? It's not found in Europe. It's found in Israel. Yeah. By statistics, I'm telling you by statistics. The most sinful places in the whole world is in Israel. Yeah. And you're telling me that the entire nation will change, will repent, will turn to God? I'm saying yes. Why? Because the roots are holy. The rest will be holy too. Now, now you and I, we can look at ourselves and say, Pastor, this is not in line. This is gone. Look at this area of my life. I'm struggling here. I'm struggling there. The roots are holy. The rest has to become holy. It's just a matter of time. There is no hopeless area in your life. There is no area of your life that is beyond redemption. There is absolutely nothing that God cannot touch and regenerate. Because the roots are holy. The branches will be too. 
as long as you know how to be connected to the roots as long as you know how to get back to Jesus he is the one that we are rooted in he is our just like the nation of Israel has Abraham as their forefather you and I we have Jesus the first born among the dead the first person to rise from the dead he is our forerunner he represents us in heaven he is the one praying for us in the presence of the father he is the vine and you and i we are the branches so if the roots are holy then the branches will be too yeah it doesn't look perfect yeah it doesn't look heaven worthy yeah it doesn't look picture worthy yes it doesn't look like my life is a testimony but you wait and watch because the roots are holy because i'm rooted in the right place because i'm connected to the right source it's just a matter of time before the nourishment flows to the rest of my body to the branches everything will be transformed because the roots are holy verse 17 it says but some of the branches from abraham's tree some of the people of israel they have been broken off and you gentiles who were branches from a wild olive tree have been grafted in look at your neighbor and say you and i you were we were wild <laughs> nobody could tame me nobody could domesticate me we came from a very wild place from a uncivilized environment from an uncivilized place where we have no clue of what god desires or wants from our life it says so because we have been grafted into this tree it says so now you also receive the blessing that god has promised abraham and his children and we share in the rich nourishment from the root of god's special olive tree see abraham and the patriarchs they put their faith in god they put their faith in jesus in fact the bible says everything that they did pointed to christ when moses when he uh, went under the cloud there was a sign a picture of baptism the bible says when they ate from the bread in the wilderness there was a, that bread was christ the bible says when they hit the rock the bible says that rock was christ all through their journey in the old testament jesus was right there with them so when they put their trust in jesus even though they did not have the revelation of it they were saved through that and you and i when we put that same trust and faith in jesus we experience the same blessings that god promised to abraham that god promised to abraham's descendants the rich nourishment rich nourishment and now you you tell me abraham's children cannot pay rent abraham's children cannot sustain a business abraham's children cannot run their lives well no it's not possible that you will be bankrupt it's not possible don't believe the lies of the enemy it's not possible you don't have to live in submission to what the world says the world order is different you and i will live in submission to what god says about our lives he says because you've been grafted into this tree the special nourishment that is required it will come to you but what is our responsibility verse 
says, but you must not brag. This is what Paul is trying to drive at. All through this teaching, everything that he's trying to tell us, you cannot take the, the credit for what you have. You must not brag. You cannot say, oh wow, I, I got this. I fasted. I, I put so much money in the church. No, 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 you didn't do anything. You, you and I, we didn't do anything. You cannot brag. You must not brag because we are here because God chose us. God hardened somebody's hearts to make sure we get away inside. You didn't do anything to get in. God, in fact, had to close the doors for some people, close somebody's eyes and ears so you and I, we get in. So what does it say? So you must not brag about being grafted in to replace the branches that were broken off. Read the next line out loud very clearly. Look at your neighbor and say, you are just a branch, not the root. Look at another neighbor and say, you're also a branch, not the root. All of us are replaceable. Only the root is irreplaceable. And God is saying, if you ever get pride in your heart, saying, oh, I know, I know, I know how to sustain my, you, you're just the branch. Yeah, you have to say this to yourself. Anytime you feel pride coming up, just say, you're just the branch, bro. <laughs> you're, you're not the root. You're just the branch. He says, verse 19, well, you may say, those branches were broken so that room can be made for me to come in. But then Paul says, but remember, those branches were broken off because they didn't believe in Christ. And you're there because you do believe. Verse, the next line. So don't think highly of yourself. But fear of what could happen. Paul is putting us in our place. And he's saying, I'm the apostle to the Gentiles and I have to set the theology right for you guys. You're in here because they rejected this. But now that you're in here, you cannot brag. You came in here by grace. You sustain this by grace. You, you're here because you believed. They are not here because they couldn't believe. Now that you're in here, you cannot now begin to question, can God really do this? Can God really bless me? Can, can something good come out of my life? You cannot begin to doubt. You're not here because you have your theology correct. You're not here because you, uh, you're in the right family. You're here because you believed what God said. Now that you're here, continue to believe in Him. Continue to stay uh, rooted. Continue to stay connected to that faith that first brought you inside this house. And He says, hey, if you don't, if you don't, then you must fear of what must happen. Verse 21, for if God did not spare the original branches, He won't spare you either. See, Paul began at a note by saying, has God rejected them? No, God has not rejected them. God broke them off. God took them out of their place. But there is going to come a time when God is going to put them back. There is going to come a time when they will get reattached. If they turn, if they put their faith, if they fix their eyes back on Jesus, they will also come back into the family. But you and I, we cannot brag and say, oh wait, I'm here because of myself. I'm here because of my, my good works. Verse 22. Notice how God is both 
kind. Some of us only know the kindness of God. We have not read about the severeness of God in scripture. We think, okay, no, 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 that is the Old Testament God, no? The God who is a consuming fire and all of that. I'm telling you, you should come. I'll give you a whole list of scriptures in the New Testament that talks about the severeness of God, the severity of God. Jesus said in John chapter 15, He, the branch that does not produce fruit, will be cut off and thrown into the fire. The branch that does produce fruit will also get cut, will also get pruned so that you can produce even more fruit. Okay, cutting is part of every branch. Okay, whether you believe or cutting. The question is whether you will be cut to throw into the fire or you're being cut so you can bear more fruit. Yeah, it says, hey, God is kind and severe. He is severe towards those who disobeyed. How did they disobey? They did not believe what God said. But he's kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. Lord, give us that grace today to trust in your kindness. Not in our goodness. Not in how great we are. Not in how anointed I am. But in how kind you are. Give us the grace to trust in your kindness. He, he finishes with his warning. But if you stop trusting, you also will be cut off. And if the people of Israel, if they turn from unbelief, they will be grafted in again. For God, he has the power to graft them back into the tree. So, you know, I'm talking to some of us in this place who, who feeling like you, you did step out of there. That by whatever you did, you, you feel like you've lost the favor God has for you. The Bible says, if the, the nation of Israel that God cut off, okay, if they turn back, if they put their faith back in, what, in the kindness of God, then they will be grafted back in. So how much more for you and for me? If we turn back to him this morning, whatever it may be, there is nothing that is lost. The enemy has not stolen anything from you. If you will put your faith in Jesus, once you're connected to the root, once you're connected to the right tree, everything that needs to be produced in your life will be produced. If the root is holy, then the branches will be holy. If the root is perfect, then the branches will be perfect. So this morning, the Lord is asking you, will you trust me one more time? Because even if you've not been in the tree, I would like to graft you back in. Just like I'm going to do with the nation of Israel. I'd like to do that for you. Verse 24. You, you by nature, were a branch cut from a by nature, you were wild. By nature, this is how you were. So if God was willing to do something contrary to nature, by grafting you into his cultivated tree, he will be far more eager to graft the original branches back into the tree where they belong. He's talking about the nation of Israel. How God is so much eager to graft them back into the tree. It says, by nature... You didn't belong here. So God went against the nature. By nature, you, you know, many of us, we, we, we say, this is my nature, pastor. I don't know how to overcome it. Don't worry. Now, you've been attached to a different tree. Your, your nature would have been that you're always angry. 
your nature is that you are drawn to the wrong things your nature may be that you know all of this is part of your genetics you know and that these diseases they follow you generations after generations that may be your nature but now god has gone against your nature against the nature by by attaching you to a tree that was been cultivated this is a tree that god is cultivating and because you are attached to this tree because the root is holy because the roots are worthy because the roots are righteous because the roots is justified because the roots is sanctified so will the branches be is there any sickness in the root is there any addictions in the root is there any poverty in the root is there anything in the root that doesn't resemble god so if the roots are holy then the branches will also be verse 25 let me quickly finish okay i want you to understand this mystery dear brothers and sisters he is taking time to explain this mystery so that you will not feel proud about yourself why did apostle paul write romans 11 so that we will not feel proud about ourselves some of the people of israel have hard hearts but this will last only until the full number of gentiles comes to christ do you understand what god is waiting for the god is waiting for the full number of gentiles to come to christ you know that's why you and i come we have to bring the full number of gentiles into the church when when we bring them into the church when we preach the gospel when we make sure that the word gets out there to the ends of the earth when that number hits you know god in his foreknowledge he knows the number he knows the target he's not going to be after you like sales managers you know saying bro not you're not doing your job you're not doing god is not like that but god knows the number he's waiting till the full number of gentiles walk into the door and he says that hardness will last only till that day when we reach that day that hardness will be removed and he says and so all israel they will be saved as the scripture say this is from isaiah 59:20 the one who rescues he will come where from jerusalem he will turn israel away from ungodliness and this is my covenant with them that i will take away their sins god is promising something to the nation of israel which is now equally applicable for you and for me the bible says he will come he will make them holy he will take away their sins many of the people of israel are currently now enemies of the good news and that actually benefits you gentiles yet there they are still the people that he loves why because he chose their ancestors when when abraham obeyed no before the foundations of the earth were laid he chose he called them he set his eyes on them and he because god chose them the entire nation has to be saved they have no other option but to be saved the entire nation of india may or may not be saved depending on how we work but the entire nation of israel will be saved isn't that crazy so it's up to us to make sure that hey the, in the full number of gentiles the nation of india will have a major chunk will have a major portion 
it's it's for us to work hard to make sure that we reach there are you ready for the next line next verse i really hope you're ready this for all the people in this place that are feeling left out that are saying pastor i feel that i have i have done too many sins i feel like i have i i'm, I'm not worthy of this anymore i feel like this this god he will never use me again i feel like this god he has rejected me that's the point at which apostle paul began this story he said do you think that god rejected israel no currently do they look like they are god's people no but does it mean that god has rejected the nation no he's explaining why he says for the gifts of god and his call can never be withdrawn there can be seasons in your life mind you i'll explain this to you there can be seasons in your life where you're broken off when you're taken off from the tree but the moment you're willing to return and trust in the call of god over your life you will be attached back the gifts of god in your life he will never take it back the call of god over your life the foreknowledge of god over your life the predestination the plans that god has for your life oh, he is not going to withdraw them you 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 may take extra time to reach there you you can go straight take a a, a straight ship from israel to nineveh or you can take a rerouted ship through you know the go to tarshish and be eaten by a whale and get vomited off by a whale it's your choice how you want to get to nineveh it's going to take time if you're going to refuse if you're going to struggle if you're going to be proud about it it's going to take time but the gifts of god and the call of god can never be withdrawn satan cannot do that your family cannot do that you yourself cannot do that as long as you're alive the gift of god will be upon your life the call of god will be upon your life you should see how solomon he still remained wise even after he worshiped idols god didn't say oh man you're not my friend anymore no more wisdom working for you the gift still worked moses even after he disobeyed god water still came out of the rock the gift still worked the gifts of god and the call of god can never be withdrawn so the lord is calling some of us back to that call he is calling us he is saying if, if the nation of israel turns back i will graft them back in and if you will turn back this morning church you will be grafted back in once you gentiles you were rebels against god but when the people of israel rebelled against him god was merciful instead to you now that they are the rebels and god's mercy has already come to you so so that they now they too will share in god's mercy they were originally god's plan a so god chose you and me now they are god's plan b because they are the rebels now and because they are god's plan b it says now god is going to choose to have mercy even on them even over the nation of israel for god he has imprisoned everyone in disobedience why so that he can show mercy on them he can show mercy on them so if god has restricted you because of your disobedience don't feel bad that is god not allowing your heart to be hardened so that god can have mercy on you if if you're not seeing progress in your life and god is convicting you of certain sins in your life it's okay 
just say yes lord here i am mold me change me however you want me to because he's imprisoned some people because of their disobedience so that he can have mercy a father who loves his children he disciplines them he makes sure that a whale swallows them than them being prosperous in tarshish he makes sure that they will not prosper in moab and they'll get back to bethlehem where they are supposed to be where the messiah can come from their family line he makes sure that they gets back do you know it was through naomi's family line that the messiah came it was through not boaz's family line through naomi's family line so if they would have stayed in bethlehem then malon and kilion they would have been the forefathers of the messiah see you should understand something when the redeemer kinsman redeemer it's called boaz when he was about to redeem uh, ruth he asked the redeemer who was closer to naomi's family and he said are you willing to redeem he said yes i am willing to redeem but then the second question was if you redeem you will lose your genealogy you will lose your family line are you willing to compromise that and get joined to this family he said no 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 i i, I can't do that the first redeemer said then the boaz said okay i am willing to give up my family line and join naomi's family line and i am willing to redeem naomi's family line and from that family line jesus came so god's original plan for naomi's family did come to pass but it could have happened when elimelech was alive it could have happened through malon and kilion it didn't have to be this way but this was god's plan so god used a ruth who was not even blood related to naomi to bring out god's plan and purposes for naomi's life by redeeming the entire family history through this man called boaz are you ready for the next verse come on stand up with me for this verse 33 i want you to lift your hands and read it out loud i want you to worship jesus I want you to worship him. I want you to give him praise. I want you to thank him for this. I want you to just lift up your voices and and just express how grateful you are. The best way to defeat pride is to worship him. The best way to defeat that familiarity that we have with the call of God over our life is to is to fall prostrate before him and say God, I don't deserve this, but you made me worthy. Come on lift your hands and read this with me it says oh how great are god's riches and wisdom and knowledge how impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways for who can know the lord's thoughts who knows enough to give him advice and who has given him so much and he needs to pay it back for everything it comes from him and it exists by his power and is intended for his glory come on one more time for everything it comes from him and it exists by his power and it is intended for for everything it comes from him it exists by his power intended for his glory for everything my past it comes from him my history 
my origin is in him but i'm currently sustained i exist by his power but my destination my intention where i am heading to it is intended for my past is in him my present is in him and my future is in him now read it one more time for everything comes from him it exists by his power and it is intended for his glory everything in my house everything in this church everything in my life it comes from him it exists by his power and it's intended for his glory thank you for tuning in for today's sermon we hope this word has been a blessing to you do visit us at dreamingrevival.com for more information you're welcome to tune in every sunday for a live celebration service at 11 a.m. at youtube.com/pastorpriji god bless you and have a blessed week